perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us discover a bit more about the Bible from the beginning to the end. The books of the Bible following the Pentateuch are historical books. They are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther. These historical books give a special illustration of the perils, pressures and problems which every Christian believer will encounter as they attempt to walk the life of faith. Each book not only shows us the perils that every believer will encounter, but also the means of victory over them. These historical books of the Bible trace the history of Israel, a single nation with a special ministry, a representative nation. What happens to them is also a picture of all the dangers that men will encounter anywhere. As we carefully study each book for its peril, we will find right along with it the appearance of at least one individual who is given victory over that peril. Chronologically speaking, the book of Joshua covers a period of about 25 years. The book of Judges, however, covers a period of about 300 years. The book of Judges is the story of a repeated cycle of the four Ds. Firstly, defeat, then decline, then discipline, and finally, deliverance. This cycle repeats itself over and over again. God had to send judges to the people of Israel to deliver them from persecution and bondage. The book begins with the story of Othniel, the first judge, and ends with the story of Samson, the last judge. There were twelve judges altogether that God used to deliver the people. As we read through the book of Judges, we will see how no sooner had God set the people back on their feet, then they began again to fail. But remember that everything that happened to Israel is an example for us. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 11 tells us that these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. If this is so, then we have to ask ourselves, why did they fail? And we have to ask ourselves, what is the stumbling block or peril of the book of Judges? Judges 2 verses 11 to 13 tells us that the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. So Israel fell into idolatry. After the tremendous victories of Joshua, how did they ever get into this mess so quickly? The key to this book is the very last verse of the book of Judges. Chapter 21, verses 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everybody did what was right in his own eyes. The danger shown to us in the book of Judges is what some might call dedicated ignorance. It wasn't that these people did not want to do right. It was that they simply were deluded. They did what was right. It doesn't say that they did what was wrong. They did what was right in their own eyes. 
but they didn't know what was right. Remembering what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians that I read to you a moment ago, we must learn why so many Christians today are weak, ineffective and defeated. They are suffering from dedicated ignorance. There is nothing wrong with their dedication. They mean well. But they do not expose themselves to truth and rely on their own deficient morals. For this same reason, throughout the period of the judges, there was a repeated cycle of failure defeat and deliverance for a while by God's grace, but then the cycle would begin all over again. In the last chapters of Judges, we can read of the darkest, most terrible picture of sexual depravity in all the history of Israel, arrived at by a repeated cycle of moral failure. But right in the middle is the wonderful little story of Ruth. The books of Ruth and Judges are related, in that the events of Ruth took place at the same time as the first half of Judges. Many believe that the book of Ruth was originally part of the book of Judges, but was later separated from that book and made independent. The book of Ruth is a story of faithfulness in the midst of defeat. A heathen Maobite woman heard the voice of God, heard the story of grace in a far country, and left all her friends and home and family, remained with Naomi, her mother-in-law, and returned with her to Israel. It is the most beautiful story of romance in the Bible. A young, lovely widow meets a rich, young bachelor, and they were married. Did you know that Ruth is one of only four women mentioned in the ancestry of Jesus Christ, and she was not an Israelite? You can read all about Ruth in Matthew 1 verses 5. When Ruth left her home and all her friends, she was willing to walk with God despite all the defeat and failure in the land around her. Ruth 1 verses 16 to 17 tells us, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Ruth, therefore, is the single character in the books of Judges and Ruth that stands against the predominant danger of the book, that is, dedicated ignorance. She was faithful to God and believed in Him rather than her own flawed morals. Moving on to the book of 1 Samuel. This book is largely the story of two men. Samuel and Saul. Only later on in 1 Samuel, there is the early history of David. Samuel was the greatest judge Israel ever had. His ministry lasted over 40 years. You might be a bit puzzled after I told you that Samuel was a judge. Earlier I said that Samson was the last judge. Actually, both statements are true. But Samuel was quite unique. He was regarded as the last judge of Israel but also the first in the line of prophets. During this time, the people were still hungering after something other than God. The first danger to faith in this book can be found in 1 Samuel 8 verses 5. And they said to Samuel, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. The trouble with Israel's wishes is that God had called this nation to be unlike all the nations. 
but here they were hungering to be like them and particularly to have some kind of authority other than God. This danger or peril to faith can be called the peril of legalistic conformity. That is the desire for outward rule over life, one of the most devastating perils of all in the spiritual life. With the freedom and liberty we have in Christ, it means that we must continually be exercising judgments, making decisions, evaluating circumstances. Many people do not want to do that. They don't like the freedom God gives us in Christ. But a life lived under rules is always a life lived in bondage, serving religion rather than God. This is the story of the life of the nation during Samuel's time. God allowed the people to choose a king, and they chose Saul. The story of Saul is one of the greatest tragedies of the Bible. He was a man of great promise. He was a handsome man with great abilities. His defeat came because he sought the favor of man. The story of this peril can be found in 1 Samuel 15, verses 17 to 20. And Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fattened calves, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless they devoted to destruction. The word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop, I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Speak. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. Saul was told by God to kill all the Amalekites, but he refused and saved the king Agag, because he felt this would find him favor in the eyes of the people. So the awful tragedy of Saul's life was the second peril of divided allegiance. He was quite content to serve God as long as it pleased those around him. Have you ever discovered this in your life? This is a peril which will defeat you ultimately and bring the same tragic end which Saul finally came to. Saul's kingdom was taken from him 
and his crown was taken from his head. He lost everything. The tragic story of Saul is an example of a wasted opportunity. Here was a man who had it all. Honor, authority, riches, good looks and more. Yet he died in despair, terrified of his enemies and knowing that he had failed his nation, his family and his God. Saul made the mistake of thinking he could please God through disobedience. Like many people today, Saul believed that a sensible motive would always make up for bad behavior. Perhaps his power went to his head and he began to think that he was above the rules. Saul developed a low opinion of God's commands and a high opinion of himself. And even when confronted with his wrongdoing, he attempted to vindicate himself. And that's when God rejected him. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast for the Bible, From the Beginning to the End, Episode 9.